Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Believers have God's promise that when we faithfully obey Him and don't give up, we will enjoy the very best returns. Let the Lord encourage your heart as Joe Vasek, pastor of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury, Connecticut, urges us to stay the course. Charles Spurgeon was a Baptist pastor in London in the second half of the 1800s. He's considered by many to be the greatest preacher of God's Word since the Apostle Paul. He's widely known by the nickname, the Prince of Preachers. From the time he was born, Charles Spurgeon's life abounded with godly influences. The greatest of these was his grandfather, who was a powerful preacher with a warm personality. Largely because of the impact of his grandfather, Charles loved to read and to learn and his life was immersed in the things of the Lord. He was inquisitive, knowledgeable, well-spoken, and ambitious from a very early age. When young Charles was approaching his teenage years, he began to be deeply troubled about his soul. He fought a constant inner battle of doubt and fear regarding his own salvation. He knew the Bible and the gospel of Jesus Christ better than most of the adults around him, but somehow he couldn't be made confident that he had been forgiven of his sins and had received everlasting life. He prayed, he searched, and he pondered. But for five long, dark, difficult years, the assurance of God's salvation somehow evaded him. He said that when he would read the Bible, it seemed that all of the condemnation was written in very large print, while all of God's promises were in very small print. He saw God's words of hope as applying to everyone else, and God's words of damnation as applying to himself and he could find no remedy. He said later, Oh, the many times I wished that the preacher would tell me something to do to be saved. If he had said, Bear your back to the scourge and take 50 lashes, I would have said, Here I am. Come along with your whip and beat as hard as you please, so long as I can obtain peace and rest and get rid of my sin. On Sunday, January 6, 1850, when he was 15 years old, Charles got up before the sunrise and he prayed. But as usual, he found no rest. He'd been visiting all the churches within walking distance, trying to find the peace he was looking for. That Sunday, he set out to visit another congregation. But as he walked, a snowstorm came up and prevented him from reaching his destination. So he abandoned his original plan, and he went to the nearby Primitive Methodist Chapel in Colchester. Because of the storm, there were only about a dozen people there. Even the pastor wasn't able to make it to the service. So an uneducated man, whose name is unknown, stepped behind the pulpit and used for his text Isaiah 45, 22, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. In less than perfect English, the man said, Look and don't take a great deal of pains. It ain't lifting your foot or your finger. It's just look. A man needn't go to college to learn to look. You may be the biggest fool, and yet you can look. A man needn't be worth a thousand a year to be able to look. Anyone can look. Even a child can look. Jesus Christ says, look unto me. And then the man looked straight at young Charles Spurgeon, and he said, young man, you look very miserable. You will always be miserable, miserable in life and miserable in death if you don't obey my text. But if you obey now, this moment, you will be saved. Then the man lifted up his hands and shouted, Young man, look to Jesus Christ. 
Look, look, look. You have nothing to do but to look and live. Spurgeon said he didn't hear another word the preacher said after that. He was so overwhelmed with the simplicity of that word, look. He said, I thought I could dance all the way home. Between half past 10 when I entered that chapel and half past 12 when I returned home, what a change had taken place in me. Four months later, Sunday, May the 3rd, 1850, Charles Spurgeon got up early, spent two hours in prayer, and then walked eight miles to the Lark River to be baptized. He'd never seen a baptism before that day. There was a small crowd gathered there, and there were two women who were also going to be baptized. Spurgeon said, I felt as if heaven and earth and hell might all gaze upon me, for I was not ashamed then and there to own myself a follower of the Lamb. My timidity was washed away. Baptism loosed my tongue, and from that day it has never been quiet. Charles Spurgeon's ministry as pastor of the New Park Street Chapel, which later became the Metropolitan Tabernacle, is unmatched in the history of the New Testament Church. His printed sermons are widely published, and they're powerful faith builders. His salvation story is very encouraging in many ways. If you're wrestling with doubts about your salvation, as Spurgeon was, know that God is doing deep work in your soul, and stay in pursuit of Christ, as Spurgeon did, until he gives you that wonderful gift of assurance that you long for. To the faithful servant of the Lord, whether you're a pastor, a Sunday school teacher, a soul winner, a bus worker, a nursery worker, in whatever capacity you serve him, let the salvation story of Charles Spurgeon motivate you to know the Bible for yourself and to always show up spiritually prepared and let it encourage you that God is using your faithful surrendered service to accomplish exactly what he wants accomplished in the hearts of people. Christian, God has wonderful things prepared for you. Stay the course. We pray that today's program was a blessing to you. If you have any questions or comments, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at staythecourse at nbcdanbury.org. God bless you. So dear Christian.